Test the mic, babe. Test the mic. Test the mic. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Uh. Check it out. Uh. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Mm. Keep going. Check. I'm a rapper now. Nina Simona now. And Miles Davis now. And Nina Simona (laughs) now. Josephine (laughs) Baker now. I'm a starter now. And James Baldwin now. You just reading the stuff off of the wall. Nah, nah, nah. I'm spitting sweet game. Shotgun Walker now. All right. We just need who we We've been overwhelmed. We trying to save everything. We even save ourselves So the only fuck I got to give is for some copulation I figure that's the best place to head in this combination It's probably the bed, I'm too tired to be woke But that's where they kill Fred, I don't wanna rest no more Fuck Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Hood Rap To Head Rap Hood Rap To Head Rap Hood rat to head rap. All right. Welcome. It's been a minute. When was the last time we did an episode, babe? Um, <laughs> Is this child, our first of 2019? <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody has let us know in no uncertain terms yes. that uh, we were overdue. Uh, apologies Non-apologies I'm not apologizing non- You're right You're right You're right We've been busy y'all We moved We moved a whole ass home We yes. are no longer Talking to you From the green living room No we we not And we in a living room We in a living we, room I mean, we though. were in a living room then We in a living room now But we ain't got all our equipment together We don't no We're really speakers. coming to you From the couch Before we came from to you From the laptop. little office situation it, Yeah It's really deconstructed But we really it's thought It was it. like time To like do this So It's like an inflection point In our <laughs> We just saw the um, Elizabeth Holmes documentary do it. You while have we to was do on it. the plane. Ebony does impressions so well. I don't know why he doesn't do it more. I think he's shy, but he literally <laughs> can do her voice. Take Y'all it know away. who Elizabeth Holmes is? They know who she is. Okay, Elizabeth Holmes is this white cis woman who like essentially defrauded early investors, other white cis men, mostly older white cis men, mm. um, out of about $900 million just a few, to create just a, a, few dollars. a fake diagnostic test. Now, Elizabeth Warren is trying to get fifty million dollars, I believe, to HBCUs, and, Eliz- and Elizabeth Holmes was able to get nine hundred million. To get nine hundred million, so she didn't have to do a study on the reparations. She didn't have to do a study. <laughs> she didn't have to do nothing. She got our portion of the reparations. But anyway, you look up Elizabeth Holmes. It's a docu- It's a documentary it, called The Inventor. It's very good. But it's so timely, based on yes. this episode. We won't get into it just yet. Like she would like lower her voice and do her to voice, man. There's a really great Martin Luther King quote. Um, it's it goes kind of like it only takes faith, one step toward faith. You you don't you don't necessarily have to see the whole staircase, you know. And uh, I was with the president of Brazil, and you know she <laughs> encouraged me to 
the strategic partnerships and the inflection points of <laughs> success allowed me to begin creating change and She sound crazy as fuck, y'all. <laughs> and apparently she changes her voice. It's just, you know, white people being white people. All white people are scamming, is the gag. They're all the gag. scamming. Yeah. Yes, um, they, they live on stolen land mm-hmm. and they exist inside of their privilege and they get to go to school and get into these programs and receive all these accolades with very little effort. Yes. So really, all of y'all are scamming. If you're white and you're listening, y'all are scammers. Yes. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just or you it. benefited from somebody else's scam. scam. I mean, but so it's all a scam. But I, but that's the good. But the that's the thing about whiteness. I think people don't really understand the level. We start. It's like there, we're all we trying to be on. white. You we're ready? all trying to it's, be white. It's, we all trying some to of scam. Us, it's, right. We all trying to you scam. You know what I mean? Not we're all, all of us. Not all of us are not trying to be white. Us. But the the order of the day is is the closer proximity you have to whiteness, the more and more advantage you get. Advantages you get. Yep. I mean, Elizabeth Holmes is like a blue eye, literally blue eye, literally blonde hair, like the meme figure for a, 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 a actual white cis human person. Yep. Like she's it. Yeah. And was able to with no type of training, medical None. training, no business. Um, she dropped out of school. Yeah, she like her left pro- Stanford. She left Stanford. Her professors were like, "Your idea won't work." And but she was then like, one of her professors was like, "I'm quitting Stanford too. I'm to gonna work go work with you to work for her." She had a whole mm-hmm. ass office in um, Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. glass windows, mm-hmm. all the whole shit. She traveling everywhere to go to quote unquote business meetings. She's sitting hunched over <laughs> on panels talking about <laughs> nonsense, shaking her head hella mm-hmm. much, and people just believe in her. Yep. They said she had a smoky voice. To the point, to the point where even when evidence, actual Mm -hmm. evidence, more than what she ever had to run her company, Mm -hmm. was coming out to say that she was a fraud, they did not believe. They did not believe it. They They were like, no, 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 I believe her. It's just I don't. We were talking. I feel like this could be a whole podcast episode in itself, but it's worth talking about is how obsessed people are with white people yes. to the point where they their scams mm-hmm. are believed and yes. overlooked because overlooked. Elizabeth Holmes mm-hmm. is walking around and all of this This happened. was in 2015. Right. But everybody knew about Jesse Smiley. Every- if I walk into an obscure bar in, I don't know, Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. people are going to know who Jesse Smiley is. Mm-hmm. But maybe not Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. That's so right. it's wild to me that she mm-hmm. walks around, clear as day, don't matter. She probably come out with another business venture yeah. maybe she'll be another Martha Stewart you, yeah, never know. you never know but another I just know that y'all I know that white people get absolved of their crimes faster than anything I've ever seen in my life I know and I just think about the other gag too the other gag about that too is like the narratives that we have the stories that are dominant about black people that are so inconsistent with how black people actually are yep. or are are criminality or presumed criminality is never on the level of white people for example like you know if we were to walk into a place or I've had experiences where like white women or white people in general white cis women and white cis men you know presumable will be walking down the street they see me coming at night they cross the street or motherfuckers have you know said reported people clutching their purses around black people and this and that but literally Bernie made white people Bernie made off hedge fund managers they literally have stolen other white people's whole life savings yeah have literally stole hundreds of millions of dollars and defrauded people out of hundreds of millions of dollars yet we don't distrust white people nope 
Nobody's like the dominant narrative is that white people are not just gonna steal your damn purse. They gonna cut through your whole savings, your four hundred one k. It's all gonna be gone. Yeah. After you blink your eye, you can't even leave your, let alone leave your purse in the room with them. But you can't leave your. Yep, because they control the dominant narrative. Mm-hmm. They Which, could, <clears throat> right. And beyond controlling the dominant narrative, that's water is wet. Beyond controlling the dominant narrative is that we inherit it. Right. And we start to believe it too. Too. Totally. In what ways mm-hmm. do you believe it? I don't believe have it. Have a vulnerable moment. No, no, no. I don't really you believe it no more. You have some anti-black I used to have stuff. it. I'm all, of or classist or. No, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I don't know. Like, I, I'm definitely grew up thinking that if I was that power powerful meant having a lot of money and having a lot of money meant having knowing white people or -hmm. being around white people I mean I live in the seat of I'm, the Bay Area is the seat of Silicon Valley, but it's also the seat of the nonprofit industrial complex. Yes. So we have a, a whole corporate sort of nonprofit corporation environment. It's a yes. corporate environment based largely off of paying poor, and it's also easy money. It's a whole bunch of, you know, sort of begging and panhandling people's stories in order to get money. Yep. So I was definitely unaware of it, especially being in nonprofits like You Speaks, where the whole premise of You Speaks is that, you know, if black and brown kids tell their stories in a uh, vis-a-vis poetry in this painful way that is somehow an artistic overcoming of the very things that, you know, we experience every day that's caused by the organization existing. Totally. Um, even like Silicon Valley, like, it's just so crazy to me that people it's no shade to coding and to IT but we put so much emphasis in the Bay Area on coding and IT yet Silicon Valley has single handedly displaced most of the people who were originally from the Bay Area there it is like they cannot it has it has literally caused a complete housing crisis to the tune of millions of people homeless right based so let on, me ask yes. it a different mm-hmm. way what is a thought that you've had to unlearn around white people and power and scamming and wealth that if i did it too then that somehow i'll get away with it uh-huh mm-hmm. <laughs> yes if mm-hmm. i lie and, and to my uh, professor on about turning in a paper i could get away with it yeah that's tight yes or yes. that it's gonna work for me yes in the same way it'll work for them but i'm not yes. light-skinned so we're gonna get oh also we got i mean we need to back up because we need to talk about our life so in the background of all of our uh recordings moving forward you may hear a screaming dog Mm -hmm. uh because we probably are recording late at night and Mm -hmm. our dog whenever she hears our voice she starts to scream so i don't know if this is going to pick that up but she's definitely screaming in the background so Mm. yes since we've our last recording i'm almost certain that we did not have a dog we now have a dog we didn't have and a if dog. you don't follow us on instagram which i probably find it very hard to believe but if you don't we have a dog named baguette i don't find now, it hard to believe cock-a-boo. a lot of people ain't, you know, they ain't got no instagram maybe like me. maybe you don't have an instagram yes but if yeah. you if you want to go see what our dog looks like you're gonna have to go on instagram you, you don't ebony don't have there. no connection to the dog now we, we don't want now we don't want to take for granted that you know some people may just be joining us oh welcome welcome, welcome. who another. the hell are you my name is ebony donnelly he him pronouns from that deep east oh if you don't know then you can't go you're gonna go anyway you already know the situation how that goes um and yeah that's you 
that's me for now. You got you know, pronouns or no? Uh, what are your pronouns, I say he today? Him pronouns? Oh, you say he him. I'm sorry. Nigga. 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 The sound nigga. Nigga. <laughs> the sound nigga. Um, this is Erica Hart from Severn, Maryland, slash Baltimore, something I'm reclaiming um, as of late, and also Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Who am I? She, they pronouns don't matter. We just hear it is hood rap to head rap is not a destination. Mm-mm. It's not. You know, some sort of respectability, some sort Mm-mm. of like nonsense inside a class. You were a hood rat, now you wear head wraps, you have a classy, but not, nah, it's not that. Ebony is a self proclaimed uh, hood, hood rat, rat yes. and I wear a lot of head wraps. Yeah, so that's how rat. we came up with the name hood if rat. you are hood interested. Rat. Period. Period. <laughs> now it is hella late. So it's late. It's late. This- Ebony <clears throat> operates late at night and I don't. So Ebony is always on fire, but if we ever recorded in the morning, I would sound. So so amazing, so intelligent, so, so amazing un- to be alive. I follow you to the moon and the sky above. Now, if you don't know who Luther Vandross is, if you don't you know that song, stop you may not. Stop you listening ain't gotta and go listen to some and to then Luther go Vandross. Listen Luther, and go come listen, back. And then come back. And yep. then you'll be able to better interface with the inflection <laughs> point of us. It's like creating change. All you gotta do is say you're creating change. Creating change. We're creating change. Like we are like really working on changing the system and really breaking barriers down with puppies and their screaming <laughs> late at night. And if we could just stop that, I know that the world would really stop having pain because my dog died when I was younger. <laughs> the documentary is tight. It really had yeah, me thinking about a lot shit. of things. A lot a lot. We gotta make a whole podcast about we it. We do. We're not gonna make a whole podcast. We're not, but, but we need to talk about it, it somewhere. Yes. It fits into this conversation, so we're just gonna get right into it. We don't. Or are we gonna talk about? Essence? Also, we want to thank our sponsors, which is y'all. This y'all, is our, y'all the are people our powered podcast. We don't have. We not unbossed and unbought. That's uh, right. Sometimes I want to be bought. You know. Sometimes it's it really it makes, difficult. It's challenging. I mean, I'm I mean be we just were on. We were guests on a podcast the other day, and I don't think they're bought, but they had a whole studio space. No, they're not bought. They're that not bought. No but they comedy. just they just had a studio space, yeah, and sure. I was like, wow, we should probably figure out how we can have a studio space and someone else could do the sound you are an excellent sound engineer babe but sometimes you don't have the time so it would be great if somebody could just do it so that i don't have to do nothing i feel you like i just want money someday but that's that's your that's my that's your inherited there it is there it is yes i I just it's not even anti-black to think that yeah it is it's classes no it's not Mm -mm. it's not classes this thing it's capitalistic. Capitalistic, yes. But even even then, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it what is. What is deemed or what the judgment on it is. Yeah. It's just the reality remains is that it's valid it's what you want. It's a lot easier when you don't say shit. You don't come up against nothing. You got Coca Cola and Walmart all over. Wouldn't y'all love to be just here, Walmart all over here? Buy your. Um, they would dress. See, that gag is, is if Walmart was our sponsor, <laughs> me and you single handedly would get dragged. Yes. Not Walmart. Mm-mm. Erica and Ebony yes. would be dragged mm-hmm. to filth. Oh, they say that they anti-capitalist. They, they, oh, they say they that they and, and they say that they, they here for the people. Do y'all know about like Walmart and like what they've done? But have here we go into the segue. You ready? Too. I ready. But go. have a light-skinned person with a loose curl afro and thin, able body 
they could be they could be trans they could be non-binary they could be but they're absolutely somewhere in that they have to have those first you know identifiers right yes. and then the gender we we give like a lot of deference to gender but if they have pretty privilege even better y'all do not give a fuck no all what you care about is how people look. Yes. And it's something that has been driving me up a wall lately. Mm-hmm. And for most of my life, actually, is a conversation around colorism. It's and a, the favoritism that is given to light-skinned people. Yes. It's the elephant in the room inside of racial and social justice. It is. And it's the elephant that doesn't get discussed because mm-hmm. even us, we have to check ourselves and in how we center white people in racial and social justice. Absolutely. Yes. But also, just not only do we center, we absolutely center white people because the hope and the drive is that if we just transform white people if white people just stop being racist if we just lay on the ground we'll put our hands up and do a die-in that they'll stop killing yes. us if we only appeal to the the whims uh, of white people then things would change yeah that's really just the dom that's that's the dom that's a real team but the dom but it's also mm-hmm. it's just that if we appeal to them things will change mm-hmm. which i have definitely had to check mm-hmm. inside of my own personal Education, work educate. and the, the mm-hmm. educating that i do but mm-hmm. it's also the work has to be for them because mm-hmm. otherwise why does it matter right right it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter how black people are impacted within mm-hmm. racial and social justice we're just supposed to for continue to create shit mm-hmm. for white people under the guise that it's freeing black people yes and it's not no it's not it's just a space for white people and that's why so many racial and social justice spaces are not safe Mm -hmm. and they oftentimes end up harming Mm -hmm. black and brown people because the whole thing Mm -hmm. has been created for Mm -hmm. white people yes and they hold space for white people and light-skinned people yes (laughs) and i think you know i was reading um uh, my black my face is black is true Mm -hmm. by mary Frances berry an excellent um black femme a very well-renowned historian um i believe she is from tennessee um but i guess lives in dc now but in that book it's the book is centered around cali house and the reparations movement the early reparations Mm -hmm. movement which began during slavery and or and during it and shortly thereafter during the reconstruction period where black people have been organizing for reparations for hell along Mm -hmm. even during slavery like in the asking and demanding that masters pay pensions or the government pay pensions um in order to uh sort of compensate for damages from slavery loss of wages and all types of shit so these were this was led by former slaves this was led by people enslaved even black people have been organizing on behalf of themselves for a very long time and it was actually led by a black film callie house so what's the name of the book my face is black is true um by mary francis berry y'all go check that out and i had a a link in the description but yeah but basically what i started to learn or what i was reading is that during slavery or whenever the abolition of slavery happened this idea that lincoln freed the slaves was pervasive you learned that in high school yes. or middle school or elementary eyes on the prize yes i learned it mm-hmm. damn near everybody from the united states listening learned that yeah but that actually truly wasn't the case nope um it really was a demand maybe 10 five to ten years earlier from slaves to be free mm-hmm. like it was a constant like hey like 
free us. It wasn't always the Frederick Douglass, like, let's appeal to white northern abolitionists, which was Frederick Douglass's tea. But what it then started to create is this paradigm of, like, if only white people would help us, it was a, uh, I feel like if only white people would help us kind of began there. Yeah. It's like they suck, they're enslaving us, they're horrible, they're killing us, they're separating our families, they're li- we're literally building this country on our backs, we're going through immeasurable pain, and also they're not going to do shit. So I feel like it was a lot, we get a lot of blanket, like mm-hmm. all the slaves was hella happy or all, or there was some tension, but right. we don't get conversations about where there were free black people yes. who were organizing and um, campaigning for Abraham Lincoln's presidency, just like they do Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. and Bernie and, and Bernie, Bernie and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. Joe Clinton's, Biden and Clinton mm-hmm. and, they doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They did the same campaigning and electioneering for uh, white candidates. Black people did. But it was the free black people, many of them from Louisiana, many Creole, I guess, I don't know what Creole is really. Mm-hmm. Erica talked more about that. But those were, there was a lot of tension because free people or free black people during the time would go and have all these meetings with white people and with people in the, the Union soldiers or you know, they would be given all of these benefits, but they would never include slaves mm-hmm. or ex-slaves mm-hmm. um, in that in those conversations. Or they would not organize on behalf of the political rights for ex-slaves. They would be concerned about themselves as free black people, mm. many of which were considered Creole or mulatto or light-skinned people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the, uh, the colorism conversation is very, very long overdue. Yeah. And we talk about it and we touch on it. Sometimes. Sometimes, but then we'll turn on the TV and everybody like, watch Euphoria. And we watching it and it's a, it's it's not a single mm-hmm. dark-skinned black person. Oh, no, there it. is. Before somebody oh, messages us and tells us where that there, there is one. What, the mother the is dark-skinned and she is, um, I would describe her character as... I don't want to say militant, but the boss in charge, um, Hella trope, assessing strong, the role, angry, strong, angry, strong. It's just the same old tropes while she's managing a light-skinned uh, daughter who is addicted to drugs and is walking around talking to white people using um, AAVE, which is African American vernacular and black scent. And every couple on the show she's using is black scent too. She's Denial. using black scent I mean, too. They live in the suburbs and they're not it's addressing. On there. I know some people don't, I hate don't like that word. That word, babe. I, it's a bad word. I it's think it's not that, a cool word. All right, I'll stop saying it. Yes. But y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. Yes. yes. Now, that people white are people, using, but there's yes. also a lot of like. Um, black and white relationships on there Mm -hmm. and what you have been talking about which I didn't really realize is that the media is pushing. I don't want. I hate when people say the media is pushing that narrative. Like kind of like, oh, the media is pushing homophobia. I think that's so bizarre. But I do think that the media is like, oh, okay, y'all want diversity and inclusion. Yes. Oh, y'all want intersectionality because mm-hmm. nobody uses that word correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna put a black person with a white person, mm-hmm. but you rarely see just a black couple mm-hmm. in a quote-unquote mainstream mm-hmm. series like mm-hmm. this is on hbo and it's mainstream it's a it's like 
you know, it's not it's not a it's show on BET. It's executive produced by Drake. Right. I mean, I the mean, light skin of the light skin of oh, the light skin. Oh, There it is. There it is. Where and you I, get to have mob ties and you get to be a hood nigga. And, but, but a you couple from of Canada. Years, you from Canada, but a couple <laughs> of years before it was all Disney and the, playing a disabled character when Ooh. you're not as an able-bodied yeah, person. Yeah, nobody and talks about that. And also being hella that. hood, but nigga, your uncle is fucking Larry Graham, like... A famous singer, wow. but now you got my ties and your family from Memphis, and you finna shoot niggas, and you got prices on your head, and all. It's just so light. It's just fake, and it's light skin. I don't, yeah. don't know what no other way to put it. Yeah. So this is the colorism. This episode. is the colorism episode, and you know the thing is, is there is white fragility, and there is also light skin fragility. Yes, it is. And yeah. you know, a lot of times, whenever in light skin. I don't I don't necessarily have the definition for it per se, but you know when you are because mm-hmm. you are of the hue and if you are not, you if you don't know that you need to actually tap into the privileges that you are given because of your light skin privilege. Mm-hmm. And I think more people need to actually be acknowledging it and it's not just to acknowledge privilege. Mm-hmm. People need to, I know I've said this like a million times, mm-hmm. but you acknowledging your privilege means nothing if you do nothing with it. Nothing. Like, if I just say, oh, you know, I acknowledge the privilege that I am a presumable able-bodied person. I can get up and move around as I am able. As I don't necessarily have any, like, uh, uh, impediments, impediments that- to doing that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But then I don't open the door for people. I'm not using my privilege for good. Or if mm-hmm. I'm not, if I'm asked to do a gig and I'm like, is the space accessible? If I'm not asking that question, I'm who cares if I acknowledge yes. my privilege on a panel mm-hmm. if there's no fucking wheelchair ramp mm-hmm. to get into the space? Mm-hmm. So, it, again, if you're not acknowledging and actually giving up power in some way, then just miss me with acknowledging it. But I feel that a lot of light skinned folks are not talking about their privilege, they are talking about their stress within their light skinnedness. Two dark it's skinned two dark people. Skin people. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole episode with um that episode on Red Table Talk with the Currys. Um, Aisha Curry, her sister in law and her mother in law mm-hmm. was so typical of light skinned people talking about their experiences mm-hmm. because it's always juxtaposed to how or it always makes them the victim and puts a darker skinned person as the per- like the perpetrator mm-hmm. of them not understanding who they are yes. in their identity mm-hmm. as if we hold the 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 gavel to what blackness is and we are always saying oh no you're not able to come into mm-hmm. a black space even though light skinned people have always upheld what who gets to enter in spaces mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. speaking to you know the um why am I forgetting the name of this? And I just looked it up. Paper, the brown paper, paper ba- bag, brown test. paper bag test. Yeah. Like that, that was upheld by light skinned people. Can like, understand? Can brown paper bag tests were largely. I mean, they were done it, essentially. What brown paper bag tests were was as uh, what Franz Fanon says is the uh, oppressed will become the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So it was black people having you know, parties and clubs and even a lot of fraternities, black fraternities and sororities, AKAs in particular, I believe. Toni Morrison in in her most recent documentary talks about becoming an AKA and not realizing that she was granted um, access to that space because she's light-skinned. Yeah. Um, So that is another, like, and it's just an example of black folks upholding oppression. Mm -hmm. um, White supremacy. White supremacy. 
to 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 have some to feel some sort of power. Well, to survive and to survive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it survival? It's not well, survival. yeah. So that's the thing. Is yeah. that gray area? Is it the need to survive? Is it survival via assimilation, or is it like? I'm convinced that being white is better than being black. So however close I can get, I'm going to do that. I mean, it was everybody in middle school was like, yeah, I got Indian in my family. Yes, same. You know, oh, and, you know, look at my... Look at my baby hair. Yeah, Mm -hmm. oh, all of that. Uh Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to be mixed and Mm -hmm. having mixedness as a thing that is valuable. And I feel like light-skinned people, it becomes beyond them. Yes. And y'all light-skinned people out there, y'all can... You know, talk to us. Let us know y'all thoughts on this. But what I find is there is not a lot of light skinned people talking about being light skinned. No, nope. and certainly not light skinned people with class privilege. Nope. With social capital, white nope. light skinned people on the internet. Nope. They're not being forthcoming about it. It's not a conversation that light skinned black people in particular are having with each other. Let alone light skinned non black people of color. Yeah. And just white people. But white people being the standard but yes. it's, it's, it's as far as the black community is concerned i find that a lot of the labor on calling out light skin privilege is on black and for telling light skin people mm-hmm. if they are black or not yeah. is on darker right. skin people mm-hmm. like i have had so many people countless people in my inbox mm-hmm. saying you know i'm mixed and i wasn't accepted by black people and i wasn't accepted by white people and i've just never known where to go and I'm like, okay, what exactly do you want me to do? Right, and you I know? don't. Right, and I don't want to shade the experience of not having acceptance because I'm a dark skinned person. I didn't have that. I wasn't accepted, you know, for being queer, for being fat, like all of those. That have being a femme body person yes. at the time, femme presenting person, like all of those things were mm-hmm. barriers to my acceptance, mm-hmm. um, particularly being dark skinned. But I mean, I've literally had. It was a boy that I liked, and um, I think it was sixth grade. I remember his name was Maurice, um, and I believe I think Maurice was gay. Like said, he was gay eventually when we were in high school. But um, Maurice was like, I liked him hella much, and I told one of my friends that I liked him. He was a light skin, had like neck braids. Y'all know neck braids is where the braids just go to your neck. It don't go no further. I can't do um, it. And I love his little <laughs> neck braids. Um, Maurice. And he used to always come with hella candy and had hella cavities and shit. But so <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to love me some Maurice. So we, I thought it was hella cool. Like we had a good relationship, but he didn't know I liked him. Um, and one of my friends told him that I liked him and then he told one of I guess he, I, I don't know if I remember trauma is weird, because I'm like, do I remember him mm-hmm. saying this to me, or did I hear it from somebody else? I think it was from somebody else. He was like, Ebony is too fat, black, and ugly, and I think that was the first time in my life where I ever was referred to as ugly, but I think the experience of a lot of dark-skinned people is that you don't have to be referred to. No. It don't have to be said in those words for you to get the picture. You get the picture. Very quickly. You are told. Yes. yes, In Mm -hmm. In many ways. In many ways. More ways than one. Yes. That you're not desired. You're not desirable. Yes. And he was a light-skinned person telling me this. Like, even as a child, my desirability politic was already formed. Yes. Like, where I was like, I'm attracted to light-skinned people. I looked in the mirror one day. I was watching a different world. I had to be no older. I had to be in the sixth grade or the fifth grade watching a different world on TV. Yeah. Um, Which is like an old school black college show. And it was a light-skinned character, Ron. And I remember saying, I want to be him. I want to look like him. Wow. You know, so I remember those 
I just remember those small things and they weren't formative, mm-hmm. like at the forefront of my mind. But now as we had this conversation, I'm like, it totally made me be like, I want to be with a light skinned person. When I, even as early as the third or the fourth grade, you know, dating a boy that was Mexican or dating a boy, one of my first boyfriends, I guess. What was the nigga name? I forgot his you name. You dated a boy that was Mexican? Oh mm-hmm. no, I thought that. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. who was the Mexican? Kevin Mayorga. Yep, <laughs> Kevin Mayorga. Yep, that was about the third grade, something like that. Then one boy, what was that? Oh, I liked him so much. He was hella nice to me. Not Kevin Mayorga, the other one. He had green eyes. Shout he out like to Michael Kevin. Mack. We saying your whole ass government. Shut up. They don't know him. He's from the Hunters. <laughs> where he's from. Um, we used to watch Soul Train together on the phone. Um, oh right, that's light skin shit. That's like that's weird. Soul Train. That's not like no, but I'm shit. saying I'm gonna be in my Mexican boyfriend watch. Yes, Soul Train. Sound like a light skin person. You got me in here watching too much HBO, Big Little Lies. Before <laughs> I'm becoming white light skin. <laughs> I'm not shading y'all. But I also feel like what life, having a conversation about colorism is discouraged because yes. in any time a dark-skinned person brings up anything, we're going to be punished because the world is conditioned to yes. punish us. So it's almost like when I tell light-skinned people about light-skinned privilege, they be they get upset yes. in the same way that a white person would get upset yes. when you talk about a system that benefits them and how they benefit the myriad ways that they do. Yes. And it's almost like... They get upset at you like you benefited. Yes. Like I did something to you. Like I'm getting yes. some unfair advantage over you. Yes. And that's a that's my frustration with the colorism conversation. Yes. Is that it always falls on dark skinned people to hold hold it and to carry the the most to carry yeah, all the labor. Why are we talking about our anti-black? Right. Like, why am I talking about the right. my desirability, but the desirability politic and my inherited anti-black beliefs about other black people and light skinned people not doing that? Right. But they saying. Oh, I got made front of. I wasn't black enough for the black kids. Right. Why enough? I'm tired. Of, I hate that shit. Yeah, people gotta retire that 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 tired ass statement. Yeah, I wasn't black enough for egg. No, you wasn't white enough for white people. Yeah, and I need people to start making that distinction alone. Yeah. yeah, because the thing is, is light skinned people in the black community are desired. So that you're saying you weren't black enough for the black people, I need more context for that. Yeah. Because as a as a brown skinned, dark skinned, adjacent uh, person growing up, like I literally thought that people with big foreheads were the object of desire. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it made sense mm-hmm. in my like ten year old brain. Yeah. I was like, I think I'm cute, but it seems to me that everybody who is getting a boyfriend has a big forehead. But it was actually, it wasn't just their forehead, it was that they were light-skinned. Like, one of my best friends has red hair, light-skinned, both of her parents are black. Literally, people would knock me over. Literally, people have knocked me over to go talk to her. Yes. When my mom passed away, my mom passed away the 4th of July when I was 13 years old, and my dad, my mom passed away early in the morning on the 4th of July. And that day, you know, we had been mourning and crying and and like in our feeling family had been coming over and it was the same day that there was this big state fair that always came to maryland Mm -hmm. and we would uh we would go and you know as i got older a little bit older i would go with my friends and my dad was like you know you should go with your friends to the fair and like take a break from all of this for just a second if you can and i was like okay so i went with my best friend deborah light skin with red hair love you deborah and my other friend candace who is uh, brown skin, darker skin, we are similar, huge. Mm-hmm. And we're standing there, 
um, talking and this group of boys who we went to high school with walked up and one of them, David is his name. He's black. He's black. He's dark. He's actually darker than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just looked at me and he was like, I was like, why are you like, you're looking at me. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, look, young people, we always have an issue with somebody looking at us. Yeah, period. And I was I like, why are you looking at me like that? And he was like, you are just so ugly. And I was so taken by that. I was just like, I didn't say anything. Uh-huh. I didn't do anything. Not that you need to do something to be uh-huh. called uh, to be called ugly, right? Uh-huh. But it was it was almost like yes. It, for me, it was yes, and I believe you. Uh-huh. You are just saying what is already there for me. And this is and it's so interesting because that was the day like my best friend had passed away. Uh-huh. But that memory is so clear for me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, the, even even like the lights of the fair and standing there and standing in whatever sneakers I had on, like I almost feel my emotions of that day. Yeah. Because I was so used to it, it was almost like he just confirmed it for me. Yeah. Because I kept seeing examples mm-hmm. of me being ugly everywhere mm-hmm. else that I was like, okay, thank you for just mm-hmm. telling me so people don't have to jive me mm-hmm. anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's y'all been giving me these clues already. And and this is, you know, I want to be responsible for that and listen to this in mixed company, but I don't really talk about it. I'm not thinking about y'all, um, if y'all may be listening. Uh, but particularly, I do feel like black people, it's almost like I sometimes, at least in my experience, as even listening to that, I sometimes feel like we just, not that we hate each other necessarily i just think that we just think that we are ugly mm-hmm. or that i just or maybe i've had so many examples in my life of what you're saying i'm like i've literally grown up in the bay area that is the the, the mixed child capital of the united <laughs> states it has to be yes. you can find every black ad mixture of a human being on the planet of the earth yes. like in new york i have one of my cousins a distant cousin told one of my close cousins, like, I only date white girls, like, and to me, that's abhorrent. I mean, it's also why me and him, I'm, I didn't know this about him. You said it was what? Abhorrent. Oh, abhorrent. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like, well, that's also why me and him don't really kick it like that spiritually, maybe, because we just yeah. not on, I didn't even know that about him, but I'm like, all right, cool, like, yeah. I know how I'm going to be with you now. Yeah. Um, even though that he not saying nothing overtly about me, or but if you saying anything about black people, I take it about me, Yeah. you know, period. So it's just like, um, I just feel like the even growing up people being like, I want my baby to be mixed, yeah. or I yeah. want my baby to I have like, I, I mean, niggas really be like saying that in mm-hmm. the baby it's all so over that, the yeah, everybody, everybody like, I want a that. mixed child. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard people say, like, I'm not, you know, you look at a lot of these rappers. I, I think about blacks as men, that's a whole another episode, but it's also episode. like pretty hair. I want them mm-hmm. to have pretty hair, but black rappers make that very clear today yeah which black is, which is, entertainers black celebrities period right because which is telling because the experiences that we just mm-hmm. recounted are 10 15 years ago if mm-hmm. not longer i mean i'm mm-hmm. 33 so that was mm-hmm. 20 years ago mm-hmm. and people are still speaking in that way and it's not just that people speak in that way it is shown to us over mm-hmm. and over again, right? Yes. And it is a, a function of like, almost like, it's, it's a function of class mm-hmm. that when you amount to a certain amount of money, particularly for cis hetero people, but also for queer pe- folks too. And we have to talk about queer light-skinned people. Like yeah. that has to be included in this mm-hmm. conversation because all we do is mimic the cis hetero world yeah. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Not just in our gender relationships, mm-hmm. but in the ways of 
who is desired in yes, queer communities. Absolutely. It's totally light-skinned people. But what I was speaking to is that when you have a black cis man, and, and I mean, Kanye West speaks to this when you like, what does he say? You leave your ass for a white girl, but when well, you, you still wearing it for well, Right, you, you leave your ass for a white girl, but that is, he is literally speaking to what people do anyway, mm-hmm. and if it's not what he, like, what planned, what to, he do. planned to do, but mm-hmm. what other people had already been doing. Yes. It's like, you make, get on, you make a lot of money, now you need to have your money look like something mm-hmm. that's not connected to blackness. Mm-hmm. So the person is either white or they are light-skinned, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you are racially ambiguous, and I would, I would love to Maybe I'll do this for my class in the fall, but I would love to look at prominent or famous uh, celebrity black cis men and their partners. Oh, and to see how a- many of them are white or light skinned. Yeah. And just go down a lot. Because a lot of the black cis men who are in the public eye are not light skinned. Yes. Just just a, also a thought around that. Then and the how means we perceive, of production. They look right. like the means of the traditional yep. means of production in this country, yep. which are dark skinned black yep. people. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Feel niggas. Absolutely. And I'm just going to say it. Absolutely. Because that's just why do you say feel niggas for people that don't understand that context? Feel niggas, uh, during chattel slavery, at least in the United States, people who normally were consigned to hard manual labor oftentimes were dark skinned people. And this included very young children mm-hmm. who were dark skinned. And I mean, put to work at sometimes three and four years old on some plantations. Yeah. Um, older people up until the age 90s, 100s work and do a hard manual labor um and they normally were dark skinned then there's the distinction of housing i wonder where it came from i don't think people black people were calling themselves field niggas or housing maybe they were i'm just going to try to look at and research some early examples but it could be white people have white the design of slavery created that distinction or maybe it was retroactive like okay that all the light-skinned people getting to work in the house, they're the house niggas. Or, yeah. you know, the ones who want to pander to white people are the house niggas. Or the overseer, a dark, usually a darker-skinned yep. black cis man during the time, like, um, overseer, the person responsible for whipping slaves on behalf of the uh, slave masters a lot of times. Other black people having to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to people who, what they look like, yeah. what they would normally look like, what the color of their skin would be in normal times. Bill niggas, somebody dark skin, um, and a house niggas, some mostly light skin. But of course, that's different. There was so much variation in plantation life. It's also gender has to be considered because you can't be, you can't decide your gender if you look. You just you you're not being considered a person. So your yeah. ability and your autonomy to decide your gender is also taken away. It's also taken away from you. So it's just hella shit. But like, it's presumable film light-skinned black person, you don't want them, the white person is okay with them being in the house. So, it's all hella fucked up, but we just inherited We inherited And it's internalized anti-blackness that mm-hmm. has gone unchecked. Mm-hmm. I did a, um, I think I've talked about this already, mm-hmm. but I'll talk about it again. A while ago, when Solange came out with her second album, or third, fourth, most recent mm-hmm. album, um, I, I tweeted, I said, do y'all, do we really like the Solange album, or is it that we just like anything that is light-skinned, mm-hmm. able-bodied, thin, and pretty? Mm-hmm. And people literally reamed me. Uh-huh. And pe- black people re- mm-hmm. would never even tolerate having this conversation. This is an intercommunal conversation. Mm-hmm. would never have a colorism mm-hmm. conversation with white people. Mm-hmm. But black folks were like, oh, y'all woke people, blah, 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 y'all woke, y'all talk about... It was wild to me. It was almost as, as if colorism no longer exists. And as if Solange had in, in, invented, like, weird black chick. Mm-hmm. When 
I was the weird black chick in middle school and people literally regarded me like I was ugly yeah. as they told me. Yeah. So there's no way in the world that now that's cool, mm-hmm. right? When there are weird black people, weird black artists that are nowhere near the level of where Solange is. But and who that's will not, defend Solange? And who will defend And that's not just because Solange is Beyonce's sister, but I'm, I'm not trying to get attacked by the Beehive, but I feel like we could also go there, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Beyonce's light-skinnedness has to also get dissected. Absolutely. It has to also be talked about in her artistry and the music that she's created and the ways in which she's been able to stay in the limelight mm-hmm. um, and continue to be upheld as a huge superstar. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that she's not, but it has a lot to do with how she looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Kelly Rowland is also an amazing artist, was in a band with Beyonce and has not gone as far as Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Oh, Lord. Okay. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> that is light skin anyway. So she was just yeah. trying to interrupt me talking about Beyonce. But y'all have to believe, I don't, again, the labor is on the dark skin folks <laughs> to have mm-hmm. y'all see that a light skinned person is benefiting from privilege because of like I mean my daddy what did she say my daddy Alabama you mix that Negro with that Creole no one wanted to talk Creole is black yeah am I correct me if I'm wrong but Creole is just like in New Orleans um, brown paper ba- brown paper bag tests were very very popular mm-hmm. because of the Spanish um, influence in New Orleans. And also the French yes. influence in New Orleans. Vis-a-vis the Louisiana Purchase. Right, so lots yeah. of, said any other way, lots of rape <laughs> by white people, slave owners of black slaves, and that causing more light-skinned people. Mm-hmm. So there was a group of folks or that were kind of sectioned themselves, also called Creole of the... Creole, is it Creole of color? People of Creole, something like that. It's like mm-hmm. Creoles of color. Yeah. To not say black. Does that sound familiar? Creoles of color, people of color. I'm yes. just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just inferring here, perhaps, yeah. that maybe that's similar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was something that was very popular in New Orleans. And to, in my experience of coming back from New Orleans just yesterday and mm-hmm. going there many times, you it's palatable. Yes. The the pedestals that light-skinned people are set on. Yeah. And even Solange having a home there, people love that Solange lives there. And that may just be because New Orleans is small, it's not a big city. And not people all people don't... love that. I don't want to speak for everybody there. They may not. All right. I mean, people, but may people, not even occur to most not, people. Not that it's just that they love it or not, but it is a subject of conversation yes. often. Yes. Like her presence living there is well known. Mm-hmm. And I don't, know, I don't know if that's necessarily connected to being light-skinned, but I do think that it's something that's, like, lauded and applauded. Yeah, um, and I know there's a lot of black people from New Orleans who would like to live where she lives or perhaps have the same mobility or ability to live there. Or people, um, I had an Uber driver where she just recently came back. She had been living in Houston for a long time, I forget Katrina, so... Like the ability for Solange just to be like plot, like yeah, I'm in New I'm Orleans, where yeah. you know people are still moving back, you yeah. know, are still trying to negotiate, you know, having what they used to have when they lived there before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that that even saying "Oh, I'm Creole" is a way to kind of separate yourself from yeah. blackness people in a lot of ways, and that's what Beyonce was doing. I mean, that's what I heard when that song came out. I was like, that is a weird lyric. Mix that to mix black with, with that Creole. black, which I'm like, are you saying like 
there's no such thing as mixed, which I doubt it. <laughs> to be fair, this person, um, the, what's that nigga name? Sway Lee from the No Flex Zone. What is the nigga's name? I don't Ray know. Ray Whatever. Yeah. Some light-skinned of the world, a black cis man. He wrote the song, so uh, that probably had some type of bearing on it while it was, why it was stupid. Gotcha. It was idiotic. It didn't gotcha. make sense to me. But it's also like people, it do make sense to some people because they do believe in this this idea that you should be or you can be anything other than black but the problem that i'm having with light-skinned black people back to the drink syndrome is that you can be black and you can sort of culture vulture off of blackness off the undesirable parts of blackness but that are also profitable anytime you want to yeah you can be hella hood and you can yes. sort of pick and choose yes. your hoods and you could as we say in oakland you could turf hop where you be you one day you from the south one day you motherfucking caribbean one yeah. day you from barbados Rihanna does the same thing, no shade to Rihanna, but Rihanna does the same thing. Yeah. It's like you, when when Ponda Replay was out, Rihanna was a very different type of black person yeah. with some light skin privilege. I yes. don't know if she's light skin or not. She's not really light skin, but she just has privilege. She has like a little bit of almost like, it's got to be a new term, but a little bit of racial ambiguity because she has an accent. And light eyes and yes. all that type of shit. Yes. But then now, when trap music, when, when I, I would say that type of music, when dance hall after the Sean Paul early 2000s era had a lull, yep. then it was like, I'm going to be doing all that type of other type of like just yep. basic rap yep. kind of hip hop yep. type of R&B music. Yep. Yep. But then I'm going to switch right back to it once dance hall becomes popular again. Yep. And niggas is like, whatever about that yep. type of rap and R&B standard R&B music. So people get to be black whenever they want to, and even light-skinned people. Yes. You know, saying, oh, I'm mixed black, or I'm a black, I'm biracial, or what? I, I'm just like, yeah, okay, that's fine how you identify. And you also have to acknowledge that it's loaded. Yes. You have to acknowledge when you are negotiating your blackness in a way to impress other black people. Yeah. When it counts. When it's convenient. Like Zendaya on motherfucking Euphoria, she using damn black shit. She a black person using black shit. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It's like it's hard for her to like. She's having to act black. Yeah, live in the literal, literal sense in the literal the sense. She's having on to perform show. blackness yes. on the show. Yes, you know. What and I mean? it makes me think Zendaya is around the same age, if not a little bit older than the actress from Little. What's I don't know. How what's her name? The I don't Masai Mer- Martin. Masai, yeah. I don't know that. But, she, but the thing is, is their roles in the acting world are very different. Mm-hmm. Zendaya is playing this, like, drug um, addict mm-hmm. teenager who's, like, girl wearing midriff, very girl, right? yes, wearing midriff tops. Midriff tops, what do I sound like? Wearing baggy-ass shirts. Right. Wearing, no like, shorts or something. Right. Like, wearing all these different things and, like, hairs all over the place. But, Mer- is that her name? Mersai? Mersai. Is in a show about a per- was in a produced a movie about a business person that needs to come down and understand what it's like to have like a hum- uh, be a human. Yes, and it's all put together. Got hella fly suits. Got hella money. Is you know looking for like a man or whatever. It's just very, <laughs> it's very inside of like black tropes, mm-hmm. if you will, and how yeah. put together black mm-hmm. femmes have to be yeah. at all times, mm-hmm. including her. Like I don't think that she. I don't think she's ever worn like a anything i don't know i don't know what she's worn i don't know enough but i know from those two things i've never seen zendaya in anything and 
Marseille Martin, that's like the only thing I've seen her in. But I was just thinking of how different these roles are mm-hmm. that they're playing and how, you know, that's not them getting to control what they do, mm-hmm. but how they're being pushed into the wheel of Hollywood and how mm-hmm. Hollywood says, oh, you get to be free and a drug addict and go back and forth with black scent. But Marseille, you need to be a business person that uses almost like um, like quote unquote professional vernacular you can only use AAVE when you're home with your girls having a drink like that's you can't be using that in the office yeah, 14 year old yes so, very so right yes, so, yes. Yeah, and it's also but it's a 14 year old that's been raised inside of blackness mm-hmm. so there's a difference in, mm-hmm. and we can talk about the the lane of blackness and how oftentimes Hollywood would be like, okay, so if you're doing that, it's got to look like this. Yeah. It can't be nuanced. Mm-hmm. But a light-skinned person could go in and out of either of those things. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to use black set in a, in a show on HBO. Little almost went directly to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why wasn't that a movie on on HBO? Yes. Right? Or why series, wasn't that a... a right, why was, why wasn't Little something that went yeah. was all over the place of people... Um, was running down the the movie theater to go see. Yeah. Why not? When yeah. it wasn't that the same, but I mean, yeah. So. And I, I so on the side note, we don't. I don't know if y'all watch for it. I don't watch the shit, but some people we also got to check all the shit that we be watching. We be saying it's good. Some of that shit don't be good. It's like, not good. I like, like Bob's Burgers. It's not good. I like Bob Burgers. Everybody don't like Bob's Burgers. Game of Thrones, not good, y'all. Yeah, it was, it's not yeah. good. Every, I had to watch it over. Not good. That's that's true. I watched it over again. I'm like this actor is horrible. Uh, but, but just it's, the it's, premise of the show is disgusting. Also, but even just the euphoria shit, like how many movies have we seen with kids on drugs? We know motherfucking kids do drugs. Right. We was kids doing drugs. Right. We it's also kids, adults playing kids, mm-hmm. but having hella sex. So mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all are, this is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like this has got to be some weird breach. I want to know who's directing this. I want to know what their like background is, like how they're watching these scenes play out uh-huh. of young people having hella sex scenes. Mm-hmm over and over again for what it's filling up most of the show yeah like I don't have no character development other than they want to well that was you know Drake is the executive (laughs) producer and he did he was text messaging a damn the little girl from from Stranger Things that's true who's also very light skinned so she's white oh okay whatever that's the thing it's like okay there you go it's like it's just so this conversation is so loaded and I just feel like I'm tired of it's just everywhere, and it's all in the hand of white people are is in it. Yeah, white oh, people. It is. They started it. it. Why light skinned people need to be asking white people these questions? Yeah, am I black or how do I be? It's almost like mm-hmm. nobody wants to ask how do I be black? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's almost like why is the question? You know, how do I curry? favor and acceptance like Aisha Curry on the Red Table Talk like oh I didn't feel black enough but when I came here and you know black people were essentially saying that she was she was making presumptions about how I guess darker skin that's another thing too light skinned black people don't ever be like in that story of oh black people didn't accept me who which ones who are you talking about Right. like who are you talking you gonna dare say that a dark skinned black person was didn't like you or right. was afraid of you or didn't want to be you gotta be kidding me right that's and it's like, irresponsible a lot of black people didn't like me either like they questioned if I was black and all that but I didn't have a choice mm-hmm. to say oh I'm not black yes. so even though people are like you don't act black are you black blah blah I'm like mm-hmm. yeah 
But yeah. I can't, I don't get to denounce my yeah. blackness. I don't get to be mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I'm mixed. Or maybe it has, nah, no. it's no. In the face of other people's anti-blackness. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, I just feel like it's a loaded-ass conversation. It's really bothersome. And it's really tiresome in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's rooted absolutely historically. It's like people get to really pick and choose. I mean, even being at Essence, like it, it, the, the, the racial dynamics that even at Essence is palpable. Yeah. But you cannot separate that from the fact that Essence is also a very corporatized environment. Yeah. Where you see advertisements literally everywhere. It's like walking in Times Square. Yeah. Like it's, it feels it like what that. It, it is. It it's does like Walmart, Coca Cola being one of the, the foremost sponsors of the festival. Yeah. Like, how many black people are working for Coca-Cola who are not working in entry-level positions? Yep. When you look at a film and you say, oh, I'm so happy there are black people in there, yeah. or the production staff is the the key grip, is the gaffer, is the director of photography, is the cinematographer, is the editor, is the composer, are all these people black? Right. right. Like, it drives me, it just drives me crazy. Like, it's yeah. just, a, it's not just black celebrities, but... Black celebrities in particular. Yeah, it's like just, just recently we had the most recent, and this is a spoiler alert, but um, the most recent episode of Pose, and I didn't watch it, but I know that a darker skin trans woman dies in that episode, and most of the actors in Pose are light skinned. Mm-hmm. So if we're not. The key actors. The key yeah. actors. So mm-hmm. if we're not contesting with why is it that it was chosen for a darker skinned actor to die and the director of pose is white mm-hmm. people aren't looking at that i just don't i don't know what what we're what else we're talking about and we're not going right. to consider how these dynamics are still playing out and i think that's what people get confused about with the colorism conversation or get stopped at because they're like well i'm light-skinned and i'm gonna call out my light skin privilege to what end because right. i don't necessarily want it to go away you know um, so why, what's the importance, do you think, yeah. of, of the colorism conversation? Like, what is it a means for? To what end? What is it going to do? I mean, I think that's a great question. I think, I do think that anytime you have a conversation around privilege, it does have to be that the folks who hold said privilege have to give up power. Mm-hmm. So, like I said before, it has to be that if you are, if we're talking about an actor, right? Mm-hmm. And you are given, okay, here you go. Um, I'm going to give you this script to do. And you're like, oh, it's weird that there's no darker skin actors in this show mm-hmm. or this movie. Or the darker skin actors have a small role and the role is very tropey and stereotypical. Then you, that, that is the work for you to be doing, not for the dark skinned actors to realize. It's important for you to realize mm-hmm. it because the same light skinned actors, the same light skinned people, period, everybody is an activist on the internet, will come on and talk about, will talk about like, um, will, will be talking about racial justice but never place themselves inside of it. Mm-hmm. They'll just benefit from people listening to them mm-hmm. because of how they look. Mm-hmm. And people that are lighter skin and white, and this is just a, a side note, white people doing racial justice is absolutely driving me absolutely up a wall. And I don't know what kind of justice and they're doing. Any, like, what is her name? Robin D'Angelo, the one that wrote like White yeah, Fragility yeah, yeah, or some yeah. shit? 
All of her money should be going to black people. Yeah. You should not be making any money off of talking about racial justice. That yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. And that people are excited about that is the ridiculous. That is literally the, the reason why people listen to you is because you're white. Yes. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The way that you give up power, give the money to black people. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be making the world better for us. Give the money to black folks. Like, cut it out. And it also, but it also speaks to that light-skinned folks have to say, oh, you know what? Hella people listen to me around racial and social justice. I don't necessarily get called an angry black woman. I get to kind of exist in this um, uh, limbo of uh, folks not really knowing how I identify, so they listen to me and I'm a mediator. You have to be the one to turn up. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be the one on the verge of being mm-hmm. called angry because it's always going to be the yeah. darker-skinned person in the job. Yeah. And if you're, I, yeah. not, if you're not doing that, then, again, stop saying you acknowledge your privilege. And I do want people, and I didn't mean to bring this up, but I'm, I'm going to bring up Afropunk really quickly because I'm gagging over the fact that people, black people in particular, really contested with us yeah. around our stance on Afropunk and, you know, was like, essentially like, just denigrating us for having been like these niggas sold out like yeah. but I'm also thinking about the the founders of Afropunk or the, not the founders but the people who run it now they are both very very like yeah. it um, and they both exist inside of a racial ambiguity so yeah. it makes sense that they would have a white ass white leaning ass yeah. festival call Afropunk and that other black people would be like yeah that's a cool thing to go to mm-hmm. to talk about and celebrate blackness in this very corporatized environment, in this very corporate way, and the presence of white people doesn't bother me. Yeah, I think I always get. I just don't understand how the presence of white people in all black spaces, like something happened where, you know, um, I think it was a party. I think it's called the Afro Future Festival in Detroit. Um, they had a tiered payment system, and they were like, white oh, people are going to yeah. pay more. And, like. And there were some people, even some black people, and particularly some non-black PLC, I saw online being like, oh, what y'all think about this? What do you mean what you think about this? Right. Nigga, this ain't festival. Right. This is how it works. Right. This is how it should go. Right. We're talking about shit being equitable, and we want everything to be rah-rah yeah. and racial and social justice until it comes up against white people. Yeah. Until it threatens the established way that we think about and relate to white people as authority figures. Yeah. We absolutely do have to check myself every day. Yeah. I have to check myself every day. I don't have to talk to white people when they talk to me. Yeah. I've been finding so much liberation and just ignoring them. Yes. I just wrote that today. It's so weird you just said that. Uh, I, I didn't say I find so much liberation in ignoring mm-hmm. them. I just said I am, am taking to ignoring white people when they I talk to them. I that from you. Oh, you did? Yeah, because oh. you feel ignore game and strong. You really strong. render a person invisible. It's strong. Know? Yes. It's just like I, I don't know why they're talking is. to me, especially when it's like you haven't said hello or you're not. It's just you're in my space. White people don't say the things that white, white people will comment on your body before they say excuse me, before they say Ooh. hi. Hello. They'll comment on something about you. Hello. You know, but that, but the, the whole point is that I really just, I just put that together about the, the fat Matthew Morgan and the Jocelyn mm-hmm. person, I forgot her last name, whatever, but yeah, early I'm saying it could be Jocelyn Morgan for all I care. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they're both light-skinned. Yeah. They're both very light-skinned and they both were very gross and very violent and very anti-black. Yeah. And I think it's, it's high time. I don't want as black people, I think this is the answer to my question about what is a conversation on colorism going to do in the context of 
continued violence against all black people. Yes. Um, and continued enforcement of white supremacy through our entire court, legis- legislative, every type of system in this country. Yeah. So for me, it's important that black people do not replicate yes. what white people have done. Yes. It's important that we say this is not cool for yes. us. Yes. It's important to say that we're not going to what Bell has called dissimulate. Yes. Which is we learn to kind of lie from white people in order to survive white people. Yes. So we learn to lie like them. We learn Ooh. how to be dishonest. We, it's all in all about love by yes. Bell Hooks. Like it's called dissimulation where we like to keep secrets sometimes. A lot of black, in my family, a black family, keeping secrets is a thing to yeah. do. Not talking about shit in fear of retribution is mm. a thing to do. All things we learn in order to survive the system of subjugation yes. from black people. The problem with colorism is that we have to uproot it. Yeah. Just like we got to uproot transphobia and homophobia, all of those things are of white people. Yeah. And I do believe they are part of white culture. I've really been wanting to say that. Yeah. Like, I do not feel like, like you always say, like, this country was built on a, a, a non-consent. Yeah. So if you put two to two together and whiteness is the dominant narrative, why wouldn't sexual assault be a part of white culture? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just what it is. I didn't make it that way. Yeah. And I think the, the dark-skinned people, we are always going to be the ones to be punished. Yeah. We're always going to be the ones that have to forward the conversations that don't nobody else want to have. But yet, I'm, we, we're, even when we get invited to things, even when we are at an Essence Festival, we are related to as if we are nothing. Yes. We are relegated to the jobs that, you know, do you see that a lot of the, the, they had like a black brunch that's sponsored by AT&T. It was invite only. Yeah. You got Zendaya and Renee on a panel talking. Yeah. Sponsored by AT and T. Now it's supposed to be a black invite only. Sponsored by AT and T, but yet you see white people there. Yeah, there's white people at us, and they're not talking about why there's white people there. There's white people. You know who's working for the black celebrities? For what I saw with my own eyes, are white people. Yeah, they work for them. Yeah, they're like in jobs that permit them to be proximal to that person's celebrity, or is yes. it the other way around? Yes. That celebrity is proximal to whiteness. Yes. You know what I mean? It's also when you think about, I'm just sitting here thinking about, and the civil, like, people always talk about the civil rights movement as if, sometimes as if that's the only time black people have mm-hmm. um, raised hell against the mm-hmm. state, but we have been doing that since enslavement. But what I want to speak to is the people that are highlighted inside of the civil rights movement are mostly dark skinned, mm-hmm. um, with almost with the exception of like Asada Shakur mm-hmm. and. Rosa Parks and the story about Rosa Parks what people uh, what uh, the the I guess most popular narrative is her not getting up uh, or not moving her seat from mm-hmm. the front right mm-hmm. and the thing that I did not realize until the book The Darker End of the Street mm-hmm. I believe that is the title mm-hmm. I, the the author is white. Uh, is white and I can't remember the name so it I'm, is called I'm, The Darker End of the Street it's called The Darker End of the mm-hmm. Street that's all you need to know the author is white so the the book is great but I do think that you are reading through a white person's lens. So I think it's important for you to just fact check and read other things that black people have written already um, and black people's account of it. But what I didn't realize is that many people have been refusing, dark skinned people have been, or darker than Rosa Parks, who was very light, Mm -hmm. were refusing to give up their seat and were oftentimes killed because they didn't give up their Mm -hmm. seat. So now you have to see that Rosa Parks was not killed. And you have to consider why wasn't Rosa Parks killed for doing the exact same thing a darker skinned person did. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe Rosa Parks was even beaten. 
I believe she was arrested and then taken away. I mean, away. I don't know any... I mean, I don't want to make assumptions about what Rosa Parks didn't go through. She, no, she no, just in that encounter. Because Rosa uh-huh. Parks did way more activism than just mm-hmm. not getting up. Rosa Parks definitely was threatened multiple times, her bodily, you know, her... But I'm just her. saying the same action other black people have been doing darker than her and they were killed for yeah. it. Right? And lynched for it. Yes. But Rosa Parks was not. So it, again, speaks to colorism, even inside of a civil rights movement, which Rosa Parks actually spoke about. I was just about would to speak say about that. her yeah. light skin privilege, right? Yeah. And would oftentimes say, like, you know, this is the reason why I'm able to come to Alabama and fight for sexual violence rights. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? For y'all to actually mm-hmm. prosecute the people who are um, sexually assaulting mm-hmm. black femmes here. And I'm able to do that. I'm able yeah. to navigate. I'm able to get from Washington, D.C. to Alabama quite easily because of the color of my skin. And I don't, that is a narrative similar to Abraham Lincoln freeing the slaves, a similar, like very single white lens narrative that Mm -hmm. you get about Rosa Parks that you wouldn't if you don't have a conversation inside that centers black experience. And and also, and also use that as an example of somebody calling out their light skin privilege. Correct. Because if motherfucking Rosa Parks can do it, Zendaya and all the rest of them, I can't remember none of these light skin people that <laughs> the one in the hate you give, why they can't do it? Well, what is her name? The one who was like, yeah. I gave up being in Black Panther. Yeah. I don't even know, oh. I forgot her name. Ooh. But why Rosa Parks in antiquity yes. is doing it and, and, and was saying it with, with no charge, but it's so hard for light skin people to do it now, and it's back to my point. I do sometimes feel like uh, um, on the week where on my friend's podcast called the No Live Podcast is a comedy collective in New Orleans and they asked me they asked us um, what is our generation's blind spot and my answer to that is that being white or trying to be like white people is not necessarily going to save us that yeah, was ASAP Rocky is getting that lesson right now <laughs> yeah like you get arrested we're kind of unjustly in a pretty homog- like racist Swedish society and like they're doing the thing that white people do, but yet you saying dark skinned girls shouldn't wear red lipstick, a lipstick. lipstick. You then you saying I don't give a fuck about no Black Lives Matter. I live in Soho and Beverly Hills. I'm not tripping off that shit. Yep. You dating white women every five seconds that you get. Yep. I mean, this is so the, here you are in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, uh, the, my thoughts about that is that it's fucked up. It's fucked up, and then it's unjust. But at the same time, it's like you. Being the closer you get to white people, the closer they tell you how they feel about you. Mm-hmm. I used to have a lot. I didn't have a lot of white friends, but I had some that I thought were really cool and very close to me, and I don't have them in my life no more. Yeah, you know, because the moment I'm like, you being hella white is an issue. Yeah. So if I can't be like you hella white, then you're not a friend of mine. But you know, you yeah. saying like, because I'm like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you are in a Swedish jail because mm-hmm. you allegedly assaulted somebody, and you're like. It is fucked up. I do think that our internalized anti-blackness also shows up in who we are quickly able to punish Mm -hmm. and who is supposed to be thrown away and cast out of society and who we defend Mm -hmm. and who we uphold Mm -hmm. and who we are like, oh, wait, Mm -hmm. they're so tender and oh my God, I hope they're okay. Nah, black cis men, white people, Mm -hmm. and light-skinned people. 125%. Mm -hmm. I also want to do the numbers of how many light-skinned people are in prison. Yeah. Cause I want to see, I, I just want to see what that looks like. And I know people collapse Latinx folks with light skin and mm-hmm. people also collapse. I, I believe that people collapse people of color with light skin mm-hmm. as well. But Latinx does not mean light skin. Mm-hmm. There are black 
Latinx people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's important that we talk about that even inside of immigration well, conversation. Yeah. Because in the media, all you see is light-skinned Latinx folks. Mm-hmm. And as our good friend Christy says all the time, is black immigrants are always prosecuted harder yeah. than light-skinned and immigrants. Been, and have been barred from even coming to this country. Totally. Like, completely. In pretty much in every presidency that you can right. think of. Right. And very blatantly. So... Right. I mean, then you get then you get into the Cardi B conversation where her being like, "Oh, we, I'm in an interracial relationship with the nigga." Like, but then she say she black. But then she say nigga. So this is the this is a conversation around Latinx folks. Look, I lived in Puerto Rico. I moved there when I was 13, and there was me and another uh, black Puerto Rican person who did not identify as black. She looked literally just like me. And she was saying my sister in some weird, like, African tone, even though she had a Spanish accent, she'd never been African before, and she's mm-hmm. mimicking something she saw on television. Mm-hmm. But she never, she was like, I'm not black. That's literally how she would talk mm-hmm. about herself. We were the only two. There was no, she was not saying she was Afro-Latinx. I didn't meet anybody in Ponce where I lived for 10 years that said they were Afro-Latinx. When, uh, if you've ever been to Puerto Rico, there's a part of the island um, called Luisa, mm-hmm. where all of the people who look like me and Ebony live. Mm-hmm. And my dad used to always say, like, I don't understand why they live in just this part. It's because they've been pushed out mm-hmm. um, and also uh, essentially, like, euthanized and pushed to the side mm-hmm. so they're not seen. So every time you your image of a Puerto Rican is of a Jennifer Lopez Bad or a Mark Anthony mm-hmm. or a Bad Bunny or a Cardi B, even though I don't know if she's Puerto Rican or Dominican. Yeah, so, but she... But the thing is, is I also, in the same ways that light-skinned people have to acknowledge their privilege, if you are saying you're Afro-Latinx and you are light-skinned, you also have to acknowledge your privilege inside of that. Mm -hmm. And acknowledging your privilege also looks like how you and your family have perpetuated anti-blackness and how you have participated in it actively at some point in your life and even currently. Yeah. Right? It's like you have to talk about, it's not that you just slap on mixed black Mm -hmm. And then that absolves yeah. your participation in anti-blackness. Yes. Or you slap on Afro-Latinx because now it's cool to be black mm-hmm. when it's convenient, right? Mm-hmm. You have to actually talk about how Dominicans literally kill Haitian people. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. Right? Stop leaving that on I the shouldn't folks. be bringing up your Why am I? I am not right? Dominican. I'm not Afro-Latinx. Why, why, why are we? Who else? I want to know the people that are talking. It's like... Afro-Latinx folks are, are, from where I'm standing, from where I'm standing, are constantly trying to prove themselves black rather than talking about the reasons why they even have to do that. Mm-hmm. It's the same nonsense as black people don't see me as black yeah. that light-skinned people say. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the Afro-Latinx folks that I see that say Afro-Latinx are light-skinned. Mm-hmm. Because folks that look like me that are Latinx say they're black. Yeah. I'm just, just going to go out on a limb and just say that. Yeah. Um, and that's me speaking from personal experience. I'm sure that there are examples mm-hmm. not of that. Um, but I do think that it's important that folks stop slapping on labels without actually considering how that label is perceived or why you're putting that label on or why does that mm-hmm. label somehow affirm you now but it didn't mm-hmm. two years ago or it doesn't affirm you in your family when you go see your abuela are you saying you're afro-latinx too or is your abuela hella Mm -hmm. (laughs) anti-black so it's Mm -hmm. like we have to be 
talking about this shit with our abuela. Yeah. Not just our Instagram followers. You know, not just on Facebook, not on Twitter. And I also want to point out that some of these, some dark, some of these, some of y'all dark skinned black people, as fellow dark skinned black people, y'all might as well be light skinned too. Yeah. Because y'all got that and <laughs> yeah, y'all Kanye. got that policy. Hi, Kanye. Like y'all just want to be. And I guess my thing is I'm almost at the point where it's like, the, for me, another thing that needs to happen is that it's like, I'm not saying, people always do. I've heard people say, oh, well, I feel like biracial people or whatever, people identify as biracial. I've heard somebody say, you know, feel like I got to choose. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you, you picked already. Right. Nobody's mm-hmm. making you choose. You chose. There we go. And you get to choose and you get to choose again. And a nigga like me cannot. Yeah. Not that I even want to, but sometimes it is convenient. Yeah. Sometimes it's like when we are being booked or billed for events, large, very large events, like an Essence Festival, I don't want to have to send everything down near Erica left kidney mm-hmm. in order to prove that she that her work is valuable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to have to do that. People ask me all the time. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you don't just get makeup or you don't just get free clothes or you don't just get this and that because you have so many followers. Y'all, it is a function of how I look. People do not send me stuff out of the woodwork because of the way that I look. And it has a lot to do with my skin complexion, Mm -hmm. my size. And lastly, the shit that I say, because people aren't listening necessarily to the shit that I say. Mm -hmm. They're looking at how I look, how I'm going to wear their stuff or not. Mm -hmm. And people are much more happy from black designers, white designers, Afro-Latinx designers, whoever Mm -hmm. are much happier having a light skin or a white person wearing their shit than somebody who looks like me. We, and that's yeah. just point blank. We literally simple. gone to, we literally did the thing. I can talk about that. What? The thing with a lawyer with the gender thing and how they have all mostly white people talking yeah. about being non-binary. Yeah. That's also back to gender. It's like, you know, I don't know if you have to say their name. That's across the board. But that's across the board. But yeah. I'm saying like this idea of being non-binary, like if you are black, if you are femme presenting and you are non-binary, People are not coming to talk to you about being non-binary. No. They're coming to talk to the person who looked like Jane yep. from the L word who now non-binary in 2019. Yep. 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 They are not talking. People, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in this publication that y'all will see soon that's coming out. And they, at a whole, I think the interview was two hours because I remember making spaghetti and sitting down and eating it in the interview. You say sexual health magazine. Oh, Sexual mm-hmm. Health Magazine, and they they didn't fact check the article, but what they did is they released the article calling me a woman after they had a long-ass interview with me. Uh-huh. They didn't come back to me and say, oh, you know, we just want to make sure that this is correct, or that's what most publications do. They fact check. They uh-huh. send it to you. But it didn't matter, because uh-huh. all you have to do is slap me and my breast on your cover of your magazine, and that is sufficient for you to sell images mm-hmm. because it is the image of what everybody wants. It's an image of pain porn. Yes. And people love that. But my gender doesn't matter. My racial identity doesn't matter. My, what my profession absolutely doesn't matter, no. which is also incorrect on the mm-hmm. magazine, which y'all will see and I will talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't, get, you don't get to be human. You don't get to be human. And no. you certainly don't get to be human when you when you look like us, you also and don't. And then you get add the level of queerness, and it's like it's just. But you also people. don't get to resist that. 
the, the, no. the dehumanization. You no. don't get to resist that. No, country. I have to navigate it. I have to bite my tongue. I have to not call out organs. Even you saying I can say their names, I'm like, I don't think that I can. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to lose opportunities doing that. Like, that's right there for but me. But you can lose opportunity just, just wake by up. To, <laughs> you can wake up in the morning and lose opportunity. Okay. I, and that's the problem. It's like, we can't continue to ignore. We're in an age, uh, the, the internet age, where when you have when you talk about racial and social justice or it's it's a money grab. Yeah. It's big business. It is for people. It is. So now, and, and most people are in the business of appealing to white people doing racial and social justice on behalf of white people because we relate to white people as the people who are going to pay for it yep. in large numbers. We relate yep. to them that way. Yeah. Um, rather than relating to them like essentially they're a lost cause. Yeah. You know, because the 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 you don't need a workshop like you always say, you don't need a workshop to know to not be racist. You don't. It's just no you don't need that. You don't need to really read a book on it either. Nope. You know what I mean? I you you don't need it. No. It'll help, maybe. Yeah. But you have to consider, why would I need that? Yeah. What have I been inheriting and learning and living into and also not contested with my whole life? Mm-hmm. That has allowed me to be like, damn, I need to go get white fragility book by this white lady <laughs> to talk about the thing that I do every day. To talk about that. All my friends are white. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only weird. dating white people. Which is I only live, my neighbors are only white. Weird. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it. Weird that you never thought about it. I'm commenting on a person body in a black owned shop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm in their face and they do. There's white people in there too, but I'm not in their face. Yeah. I'm in the black person. Yeah. So I, I lost my train of thought. But it's it's just we're in it. Oh yeah, we're in the age now where it's like you you have to appeal to blackness in some way. Yes. Whether it's Walmart having a damn like Oof. queen with boots with afros and shit. <laughs> Whether it's Coca Cola, McDonald's yeah. with I mean I. Well, you have to appeal to blackness because black people will buy. Yes, we have tremendous. Black people bu- are your black. Black people have tremendous buy power. Yeah. So they're gonna you appealing to blackness because you know who's. It's, it, I was actually thinking about this in terms of the Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. because the Little Mermaid is black, but nothing else about the Little Mermaid has changed mm-hmm. because they know black people will come out in droves to mm-hmm. see it, mm-hmm. just like they came out in droves to see Black Panther, mm-hmm. and just like they'll come out in droves to see The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Disney wants to make money off of these films that are older than me, and I keep <laughs> hearing this representation piece like. Representation yep. is great. Representing of, of what and whom. Right. They're going to represent us to death. Yeah. Represent my pockets. Represent the reparation. Represent the that. Life. I need representation in that area. I don't need to see a fictitious character with a black face. Yeah. I just don't. And maybe I'm not being sensitive to what that means to certain people. Yeah. Having images that are valuable to us. Absolutely. No, it's, like, it's, it's significant. It's definitely significant, but it's also fleeting. And it's calculated on yes. the part of. If if this was a black, if this was a mermaid movie with a cast and a black character, and everybody on the production staff, on the technical staff for the film, and I don't just mean the motherfucking MUA, the makeup artist, I'm literally, or the production assistant, or the production coordinator at that, I am talking about key and major, major production roles, I want that to be reflected as well. To me, as a filmmaker, 
that is re- that could comprise representation, maybe. But I'm not overly concerned with that because it's not doing anything for anybody but the people most immediately involved. You go watch Black Panther. For everybody who got their life off of Black Panther, what has it done? Right. You got your representation. Now what now is? What? what does it feel like now yeah. that Black Panther is long gone from the ethos and busy? They got their money ten times over, and they continue to get residual money. Yeah. With you saw some black people. You saw some black people on TV. We saw black people on TV too. Yeah. All black films that don't know that that are not canonized by white people. Yeah. That aren't recognized by the Academy and aren't filmed at Cannes. Yeah. Aren't shown the screen at Cannes. Yeah. And all these major white authenticating award systems. Yeah. It's like I don't know. Sometimes I get frustrated. Yeah, I get frustrated too. I get frustrated too. I think too. It's, it's just, this is not just a one episode. This is going to be an ongoing conversation that we have about colorism. Yes. It's not it exhaustive. It's, it, it can't be. be, this is just the, you know what I mean? This this is really the light skin episode. It's a yes. call to, to, for people to recognize that the same reason why a white girl, Elizabeth Holmes, is a, was able to defraud investors out of $900 million because they said she seem like a good person yeah. you're not giving nobody a hundred million dollars because they seem like a good person I'm a fucking excellent person and nobody yet has given me a hundred million dollars Yeah. let alone <laughs> you know what I mean you are an excellent person it's also I was just thinking because you mentioned Jesse Smollett but Jesse Smollett allegedly committed a crime and never went to jail no. ASAP Rocky ASAP Rocky looks drastically different than mm-hmm. Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. and I'll tell you the main difference mm-hmm. the skin color yeah and Asa Rocky is sitting in a Swedish jail. Yes, sitting for allegedly assaulting someone. Mm-hmm. Both alleged crimes, mm-hmm. and one of them went to jail. Yeah. So you, you, it's just you can't make this shit up. You just can't. And I'm just present to that. I want to also talk about why people don't talk about colorism, or like yeah. if it's so much a part of the family. I know why. Mm-hmm. Why? Because so much of our conversations around race mm-hmm. are wrapped up inside of white. So it's always talking about juxtaposed to whiteness, white people, that we don't, this is a conversation for black people. But it's not, I think that's my, that's where I'm getting subtle. No, but the people that flex colorism are white people as well, but it is also black people. Yeah, but we get it from a place. We get it from a place for sure. But white and people absolutely put, white people absolutely give record deals and Positions, and I don't know why I keep talking about entertainment, but every position of power possible from a fucking receptionist mm-hmm. to a multi-million dollar singer mm-hmm. give them, you know, deals or jobs and they're light-skinned, mm-hmm. right? So it's not to say that white people don't hold that, mm-hmm. but when you talk about light-skinned mm-hmm. people, you are not necessarily talking about white people. Mm-hmm. You're talking about black people and how they relate to skin color. Yeah. Right, it is a it is it is a nuanced conversation inside of blackness. You can talk about how white people instituted it because they did. Yeah, because they're the ones that said you're light skin, you're you're close, you look kind of white, you look like you pass for white, so you can go in the house because mm-hmm. it, I don't whatever sort of bullshit they came up with. Right, mm-hmm. they came up with that, but then we carried it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we said okay, that makes sense, but we carried it out, and that's back to our original question: Was it for survival? That colorism persists in the black community. No, it's power. People want power. Yeah, but you They want a taste of power. It's a book name. That's body language. 
Taste of Taste of Power by Lane Brown. Yes. One of the first chairwoman, chairwoman of Black Panther. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like dissatisfied with that, though. I feel like it's something deeper. I don't it know if it's just power. It is, I mean, I we, mean power, it is clout chasery in a just way. Just power is not, like, insignificant. Power is what a lot of people want. Yes. Power, people want that. Even if it's just in your followers increasing. But what would have money pa- Okay, changing? but why would somebody be like, I want my baby to be mixed? What 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 type of negotiation? Desirability politics. So there's power in being attracted to people? And or there's people power in being you? attractive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You get so much when people you have pretty privilege. Mm-hmm. People don't want to talk about pretty privilege either. Mm-hmm. But pretty privilege is wrapped up in light skin. Yes. Absolutely. So you're saying that because you don't want your child to be called ugly. Mm-hmm. Like you were. You don't want that. You think it won't happen to them. Mm-hmm. So then you find a white partner, you find a, 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 a racialized, non-black person of color, and you mm-hmm. find some sort of relationship with them. Not to say that those relationships are not valid, mm-hmm. but oftentimes I find that they are rooted in anti-blackness mm-hmm. and some sort of internalized anti-blackness. Mm-hmm. Whether it be black people never accepting me for my taste in music or my style or the way that I speak, that's anti-blackness. It is anti-blackness. It also functions on the level of you saying black people didn't... Uh, it's almost like this... I already debunked this a long time ago. The awkward black girl and the yes. black, awkward, joyful black boy shit or whatever they, like <laughs> whatever these terms mean to describe not hood or not ghetto or not poor or yes. not... You know, like Those things don't exist in an alternative realm. Even like... I notice a lot of artists, for example... Even I'll take Frank Ocean as a quick example... Where Frank Ocean makes a lot of um, pop culture references to white things, yeah. like Stanley Kubrick and the Moon, like, like he, it's almost like a desire. Like when you have knowledge of white people shit, I did this before, like I think a long time ago, when I went to, um, I had a, I did a semester program at NYU, and I was mm-hmm. in the music school, and um, I, I tried to like flex my knowledge of of white artists and white music, like very obscure things. So that white people found that it made me smart yeah. to them. Yes. Like when you have not, oh, I know Fleetwood Mac and I know mm-hmm. what I do, but not, yes. it's whack. But it's like, <laughs> if I say I know Maze and Frankie Beverly, and a lot of white people know that. Right. That's not going to get applause. That's not going to get no applause. That right. ain't going to be something you really want to reference if you are hoping to appeal to a massively white audience. Right. That's why Kendrick, all these rappers, all these black, all most black entertainers, to make it to the zenith of success in this country, you must have a white audience base. Yeah. You must have white yeah. people walking around with Astro World fucking t-shirts on. Yeah. Thinking they the shit yeah. in New York. Walking around with fucking Travis Scott tour t-shirts are not cool to wear. <laughs> I don't care if y'all got one. No shit. It's not cool. But that's the thing. is like yeah. you... It's all... It's a lot. Yeah, we were in a store. I forgot to share this. We were in a store in New Orleans. Um... This weekend, and this colorism conversation has just been speaking to me to talk about because people have been talking about it around me. Mm-hmm. And the store owner and someone else, a customer or just somebody, I think the book, the person that runs the bookstore mm-hmm. next door, was like, you know, we all knew, and they just said it randomly, or they were talking about something, and I just overheard this mm-hmm. part. But they said we all knew that Lena Horn could not sing, and that Sarah Vaughn always had the voice, but it was because Lena Horn was light skinned that she was. Con- continue to get get like accolades mm-hmm, for her music mm-hmm. and if you listen to lena horn like lena horn cannot sing 
Play no more kissing. No, no, she cannot. No. Have you listened to Sarah Vaughn? Of course. Okay, it's almost like Jennifer now. Hudson, right? I mean, Jennifer Hudson blows most of these singers out of the water. Mm-hmm. Most. So does Jasmine Sullivan. Yes. Most of the singers out of the water. Where they at? They're around. How come they're not in the Lion King? Yeah, very good point. <laughs> and I think too is like y'all also gotta listen to this. Nigga, I didn't we don't make the rules. I also and one thing that frustrates me is how you how people relate to us, mm-hmm. particularly you. Yes. Where it's like people will like the whole conversation, what did we just talk about on Instagram? I forgot what it was, but it could be anything that you say, Erica. Yes. And people are contesting with you, but be saying jack shit to white people ain't a trace on oh, their face. Anything, but anything, Erica. You yes. can say hi, no silver. Yes. And people gonna find fault. They do. People gonna find fault because you are the. We are the easy target. Yes. We are the people that you can punish, presumably with no retribution. Yes. In your mind. Yes. You know what I mean. We the, people the people who are always punished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you like why not add to it? Yes. But then y'all be doing it on some type of like righteous internet activism shit. Yeah. Y'all be really thinking y'all hitting it. Y'all yep. really be thinking y'all own to something. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to cancel you. No, bitch, you're canceled. Yeah. Period. And yeah. I don't even use that word like that, but y'all motherfucker be canceled. He's a Like L. Harris yeah. say, cancel yourself. Cancel yourself. Cancel yourself. Cancel yourself. I do that at least cancel once Cancel yourself. But why we, but that's the problem, Erica. It's going to be a whole revolution of vulnerability and, and uh, all the dark-skinned people going to be all liberated and we got a light-skinned person overseeing and telling us that's wrong. Yeah. Telling us, oh, y'all woke people. Y'all too woke. Oh, y'all don't accept me. What? I feel like that quote by Bell Hooks that she says about white women applies to light-skinned people. Where it's like, white women will put black women on pedestals so they can remain victims. I feel like light-skinned people do that too. It's the same thing. So they can, like, remain a victim Mm -hmm. to who they are. Because they do that all the time. Like, I start to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess you're black. Are you black? Like, I never and said for, you weren't. Right. And for the record, right. like you mentioned about queerness, y'all y'all got to queer y'all politics. Y'all be yeah. wanting to just talk about queerness on the level of who y'all love and who y'all fuck or how y'all identify. You have to be, you have to queer your shit. Mm-hmm. Be queer. You know, mm-hmm. do it to death. Like, don't. It, that doesn't mean that if you light skinned don't date other light skinned people, or if you dark skinned and you only attracted to light skinned people, just investigate it and know where it comes from yeah. and stop trying to call it something else. Yeah. If you are a dark skinned person and you keep calling yourself light skinned, you think that you like, I don't know, I don't know what color y'all be, but some of y'all be thinking y'all are. Right. Like, what is the desire to be light? What, what is, is the desire, the desire? To, dis- to, to discuss your, your skin color and those Why are all of your partners light skinned? Mm-hmm. Why have all of your partners been light skinned? Mm-hmm. Why is it that when you at the party or the club or wherever you at or you at the coffee shop, the person mm-hmm. you are attracted to who catches your eye is light skinned? Mm-hmm. Ebony is the first and only partner that has ever told me they are not attracted to light skinned people. Mm-hmm. All of my other partners, white, black, Asian, whatever identity, have always told me some light skinned person or white person they were attracted to. Mm-hmm. How that was their object of desire. You are the only person that has. That and I, I didn't believe you for a long time. We were like, I'm not attracted to light skinned mm-hmm. people. I'm like, okay, there after will be, Kevin there Mayorga, will be one. After, after the, Kevin Mayorga to the sixth grade, <laughs> it was over for me. Oh, it was sixth grade. I thought it was elementary school. No, that was. Oh, uh, it's getting what older. Was you Jeremiah, sure was in college? No, 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 not really. Honestly, I'm really not. 
But that's just, I also want to talk a lot about, but we don't have time. We, we don't have time, time, but I wanted to finish mm-hmm. that. Yes. You just have, you, you literally are not attracted to light-skinned people. And I don't know that that is a, I just feel like you've had to do internal work on that. I have, and it's intentional. Yeah, it's intentional. I also feel yeah. like, to me, I, I, I just don't. I feel like my, like you said, politically, you just won't date white people ever again. Yeah, no. Politically, for me, it's not even political. It's just I'm not because I just grew up with, exa- I don't know. I don't know why. I'm going to do some work investigating why okay. because I just don't feel it. And I know a lot of people are like, I'm just attracted to dark skin people. Like, that's coming from a place. Yeah. So I think me being like, I don't want, I'm not attracted to light skin people is a because I've had to undo and unlearn and I think I've made it to the point of like mm-hmm, it just yeah. doesn't occur to me in the same ways that it used to Yeah, maybe as a function of my unlearning but I do I saw an article maybe two or three years ago and it was like the world is eventually going to look all like this I saw and it that was too all like faces racially ambiguous people I remember that ambiguous and mixed people I'm like I want a world that look like me and you yeah I wow. want a world That's full what... of dark skinned people wow and and I, if people can be hella violent and say hella fucked up shit I don't see why I can't say that like that's yeah. that is a a great thing to have a world and have a space have an yeah. Afro future festival have a fucking any type of festival have a party you know yes. full of black people and it's it's, it's or where black people on the flyer. Or black people on the flyer, but also black people are there. I'm gonna talk about your flyer. No, but That's I want your flyer to look like exactly how your party looks. Because sometimes they be losing light skinned bodies to bring in black people. Yeah, to the party. sometimes they be having black people, black dark skinned people, whenever position wherever they want to. Yes. I'm gonna have you on this stage of essence. I'm gonna have yeah. you in the corner. Yeah. That was my other critique of essence is that I also feel like where are the people who are actually local to New Orleans? Yes. Being highlighted. On major stage, yes. not having just Off black the celebrities who don't really have any connection to New Orleans to yes. be there. Yes. You know what I mean? Of course, it's just so much, and I'm just tired of it. Yeah. I'm just I'm done with it. Yes. And I think I, I I there's this desire for racial ambiguity, and that's in order to erase blackness. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why now. It, it went from us black people being called pe- colored people to now the term people of color to be all encompassing yes. of, of non-black people oh I know why your question I know we're over time this is a well, your question earlier was about what why is light skin more like, yeah like why I know why mm-hmm. because people have this idea that an interracial couple interracial meaning in this particular example black and white and a light-skinned folks are not always from a black and white couple. Light-skinned, yes. there's light-skinned black people that have two black parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a two black pe- a black and a white person create a child mm-hmm. that is then racial harmony. Yes, that's what. And that's the society that's the that we should live in. Yes, and, and that's what that article is rooted into. Yes, this excitement over some sort of racial harmony. Oh, mm-hmm. all everybody looks racially ambiguous, mm-hmm. so we won't have racism. Mm-hmm. The gag is, is that article was rooted in racism, and racism ain't going nowhere mm-hmm. as long as white people perpetuate it. Yeah, that's and as long as we also perpetuate. That's correct. Anti-blackness. We can't, we can't be racist because if y'all can't listen to the hood, go a couple episodes back. We already talked about that. I'm not re-explaining why yes. blackness can't be racist. To I don't care what your identity is. I'm not re-explaining that. Yeah. Um, I just saw the Tony Morrison documentary where she had a whole entire career 
built on not explaining blackness to nobody. Yes. And writing for people who could understand where she was coming from and the experience that she was talking about and how Toni Morrison was not wildly popular until she was probably like in her 40s or 50s. Yeah. And she's about 80 something years old now. Yeah. So it took Toni Morrison a long time and a long career to be given her just desserts for her, uh, her writing ability and her contribution to American fiction um, more so than any other writer in this country, more so than the Ernest Hemingway and all the rest of the motherfuckers, whoever, Mark Twain, whatever the fuck. Yes, y'all need to go see that doc. Okay, we're well over time. We are going to end here. We love y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed this conversation. I feel like this is a light skin part one. Yes. And we'll do a light skin part two. We're just going to keep coming for light skin people. It's not even, I'm not even coming for Babe, don't say people. more. Don't say more. I'm just coming for Drake. Because I just see his hella light-skinned. <laughs> and a lot of y'all light-skinned people, y'all be doing that Drake-ass shit where y'all be want to act like y'all with the turf and with the shits and that y'all acting, but y'all really suck as though. Like, I'm sorry. Drake's, these little baby Drake's. Baby Drake's. We're going to end here. Ebony can talk for a year and a half. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to us. You know what to do. Share, like, comment, rate it. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Thank y'all so much for supporting us. We love you. And also, you know, tomorrow. We gonna be back in the Cause I got none to give. But like I know with some kids, we all fall short of ideas. Hey, on my timeline, all I wanna see is my woman half naked turning down with platform niggas who want it. You can keep your disaster, they been draining my data All the friction and fickleness only making me callous I'd rather have a hard on and a hard heart Put your pussy on the chain, wax salad cart While I ignore the world's problems like an oligarch Free love in this bitch like it's behind bars Shake, 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 shake